So this morning, the title of my message is The Must Resolution for the New Year. The resolution that is a must. <laughs> All right, and you say, okay, what is he talking about now? Well, you just have to wait a little bit. I was looking through and I found some of these resolutions and positive and statements for the, for, that people have for the coming year. Uh, for people who are computer uh, literate, it says, I can't wait to control-alt-delete control, 2020 <laughs> and start anew. All right, a big thank you to the bananas, no, excuse me, a big thank you to the banana bread and my sweatpants for helping me get through 2020. <laughs> uh, what else? May all your troubles last as long as your resolutions. <laughs> I can't believe it's been a year since I didn't become the, the better person. <laughs> I was going to quit all the bad habits for the new year, but then I remembered nobody likes a quitter. I got to wait for a response, you know, something, you know. I would lose weight for the New Year's resolution, but I hate losing. I like that one. You know how I always dread the whole year? Well, this time I'm only going to dread one day at a time. <laughs> That's Charlie Brown. <laughs> um, my resolution was to read more. So I put the subtitles on my TV. I didn't say these were good. I just said that they were, they were there. What happened to the man who shoplifted a calendar for the new, on New Year's Eve? He got 12 months. <laughs> okay, I'm talking about the must resolution. These aren't them. All right, all right, just in case you would. 12 new chapters, 365 new chances. The best time for new beginnings is now. May your new year sparkle brighter than Times Square Ball. What's coming is better than what's going. New year, same me, bigger goals. Uh, no matter how hard the past, no matter how hard the past is, you can always begin again. Today is where your book begins. The rest is still unwritten. There are far, far better things ahead than we left behind. And write on your heart that every day is the best day of the year. That's Walf, Ralph Waldo Emerson. And then, of course, the chairman of the board, Frank Sinatra, the best is yet to come. <laughs> it's probably the only time Frank is quoted in church. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> but uh, so a must resolution for the new year. So why are New Year resolutions important? Well, the answer is it, it gives people something to look forward to and to keep working towards, okay? But <laughs> resolutions are important only if they are specific and they are outlined and they are reviewed. So if you make a resolution and you don't think about it until next year, you know, might as well not make a resolution. So resolutions have to be specific, they have to be outlined, and they have to be reviewed. You know, um, if you do the same thing three times a day for 30 days, it will become a habit. So if you want to change habits, you have to take one out and insert one. <laughs> it's important that we look at that. Um, making a resolution shows that you have the belief and the hope 
and your ability and God's love and grace in your life to change, that you have the ability to become a better person. So here's one. Where did the New Year resolutions begin? It began with the Babylonians. <laughs> and one of the, one of the things is that the Babylonians thought that if they made resolutions to their gods, their gods would be happier with them and they would look favorably upon them and they would be blessed in the new year. Do you know what their, their resolution, the, 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 um, the highest, what, which, which resolution got the, the greatest number of hits? I'll say it that way. <laughs> Resolve to get out of debt. <laughs> so the resolution for the Babylonians was to get out of debt. Uh, things hasn't changed that much. There is a philosopher who um, recorded on his answering machine. He says, and, you know, whenever you would ring in, it would, it would state, this device is programmed for you to answer two simple questions. Who are you and what do you want? Well, <laughs> his reason for asking that is most people will go through their entire life and never answer those two questions. Who are we? And what is it that we really want? And that's, you know, the focus of the new year, the focus of a resolution, uh, often is what is it that you really want out of your new year, want out of your new chances. You know, the beginning of the year is almost like a, um, again, a new beginning, that we have a, a second chance, a 72nd chance, <laughs> something like that. But, so what do, you, what do you think the must resolution of the new year is? Well, let's read and see if you can figure, figure out what it is. John, 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. And I'll try to read just through this, and I'll see if you can pick out what the resolution is. My dear friend, friends, we must love each other. Love comes from God. And when we love each other, it shows that we have been given new life. We are now God's children, and we know him. Verse 8, God is love. And anyone who doesn't love others has never known him. God shows his love for us when he sent his only son into the world to give us life. Real love isn't our love for God, but his love for us. God sent his son to be the sacrifice by which our sins are forgiven. Dear friends, since God loved us this much, we must love each other. So, huh. It might have something to do with love. Okay, we got that part. All right. So, all right, we got that. Love, it's in there, something to do with love. Okay, let's highlight the verses. Verse 8, verse 7, where does love come from? Love comes from God. Verse 8, God is love. Verse 9, God showed his love for us when he sent his only son into the world to give his life. Verse 10, real love isn't our love for God, but his love for us. Verse 11, since God loved us this much. So which one is it? Which, what's that? Well, it could be. Anybody have an idea? Pick a number from 1 to 10. To 10. To 10. 10, yes, that's it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, 10, that's it. You've, you've won the prize. I don't know what it is, but you won the prize. All right. So 
Real love isn't our love for God, but his love for us. <laughs> See, what do I have to do? Uh, what do I have to do here? So what I have to do is open my heart and my life, my thinking, my relationships to his love. So what is the must, the must resolution? Allowing God to love you. <laughs> Imagine that. Allowing God to love you. You see, we have a hard time, <laughs> many times, we have a hard time allowing or receiving things. You know, uh, now there are some people, that's all they want. You're giving, 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 it's all about me. Well, we're not, that, those people, they're still off the chart because it's not really what the intent is here. The idea is that we are just as gracious in giving as we are receiving, just as gracious in receiving as we are in giving. So whenever we are worshiping and praising God, God is God, is, um, God, is God and he is just as easy with us praising him as he is blessing us. And one of the challenges is if we are going to love others and, and we are going to care for others, we first have to understand that God cares for us. That God loves us. Now, <laughs> my dear friends, he says, uh, we must love each other. Now, again, some people believe that it is very difficult or impossible to know um, that God loves us. How do you know that we love God and that God loves us? Well, we know that when we love each other and it shows that we have been given new life. You see, the, the proof that we have received God's love is our attitude and our perspective of how we reach out to other people. Real love isn't our love for God, verse 10, but his love for us. God sent his son to be the sacrifice by which our sins are forgiven. So, real love, allowing God to love us, is allowing Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins. To forgive us and to live within our hearts and lives. And there's more to this relationship than just, you know, Jesus forgive me of my sins and coming to my life and then we go out and live our life. It, it's, it's deeper than that. You know, will I get to heaven? Yeah, you know, hopefully, if you meant it from your heart. You know, uh, we're, we're not talking about people who just, you know, do it offhand and flip it, and it doesn't mean anything to them. But we find that if we love God and we allow Christ and the revelation of Jesus Christ, not the book, but the person himself, to reveal his love for us and his, his character, you know, when you think about Christ coming, went through the Christmas season, and uh, God setting aside his divinity and allowing himself to become a baby <laughs> with no privileges, <laughs> no status. In fact, if you were looking at the status, you would put him on a minus scale because he's born of, uh, through Mary, the virgin, and she is from Galilee. And, you know, here is a person who is insignificant in her society, living in, coming from an insignificant place and being um, taken from her home to an ins more insignificant place, a barn, a stable, and birthing her child 
in a barn and laying him in a feed trough. You can't get more insignificant than that. So when we look at Jesus Christ and allow he who is the King of kings and Lord of lords, that he did not think being born in a stable and laid in a feed trough was beneath him. And then later on, we find he says to his disciples, he tells them that I and the Father are one. He says that I, he didn't think that equality with God was something to be achieved. It already is. So here you have this insignificant, who we would consider nothingness, being born in a stable in a barn and laid in a feed trough because your, your, your parents, your parent uh, Mary has no status in life to even find a place for you to live. You can't get, get much lower than that, but we find out that that really isn't the status of life. The meaning of life is realizing the love that was in Jesus and his, and his being to allow that to happen. You know, it didn't happen by chance. You know, I always go back to the idea, well, you know, Joseph should have been a better planner. Well, well, he couldn't have been a better planner because Herod made a decree and everything changed. He says, you got to go back to your hometown. And Joseph, he may have had a house ready and, and a midwife ready, and he may have had all these things in place. But what happened, Herod made a decree, messed all of it up. But you see, Herod didn't mess it up. He fulfilled it. Because the scripture says, Bethlehem is where he needed to be in order for, their, for the Messiah to be born. So the circumstances changed to bring Jesus and you know, Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem and to bring them to this stable, this insignificant place where God could show his love for us, not through status, but through his becoming a fragile, helpless child. King of kings, Lord of lords, a helpless baby in a barn. <laughs> wow. So you see, verse 11 says, Dear friends, since God loved us this much, we must love each other. The, the challenge is for us to, if we, when we receive God's love into our life and, and uh, we have this experience of God's love to us, this is what we draw on to love others. The, the, the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. So the challenge is to forgive as we have been forgiven. If we've never been forgiven, you know, it's very hard to tell somebody to forgive. Well, God is saying, you can't forgive as I forgive until you experience it for yourself. And from the experience of, of God forgiving us, we are experiencing his love. And then to, I think it's, it's a, a place where we have to just kind of sit down or go to our quiet place and think about the things of God's love for us, what he did for us, how that he accomplished this purpose for our life he, he knew what he was doing, and he did it all for us. 
So I am resolved that I will, that me, myself, I will seek to be, to be the recipient of his blessing and of his love, that I am loved by God. <laughs> and if I am loved by God, I'm not looking at the events that, well, why did this happen? Why did that happen? Why didn't this come out better? The whys of life are not as important as the person of life, Jesus Christ. You, we could ask the very same things of Jesus. Well, why weren't you born in a better spot? <laughs> why didn't people like you? Why did they want to crucify you? You did all the good. But you see, we're not looking at the why questions. We're looking at the answer to life and that Jesus Christ is the answer to life. And his love for us puts the foundation of that in place. Whenever we are loved and we feel loved, we are more um, better equipped to take a step. We're not fearful of failing. We're not fearful of making a mistake because we know we're loved. And whenever we are loved, we don't have to be afraid of making a mistake. We just have, that's just something we needed to learn. And these are the challenges that God is leading us in the path of righteousness for his namesake. He has a plan for us in this whole process. Verse of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God is a rewarder of those who seek him. Well, you know, if you seek, you're going to find. If you knock, the door will be opened. So you see, God is a rewarder, meaning that as we seek to know God, he's going to reward us with that knowledge. He's going to reward us with that understanding. He's going to give to us this place that we stand in. He's going to surround us with his presence. He's going to assure our hearts and our minds by his word. And we're going to have this understanding that God is a revelation. He is revealing himself to us. You know, we, we had Isaiah 40 in our Sunday school lesson, and I think that uh, that's a great place to start for. It's one of those places to just sit down and think about, to just sit and think about God's love for us. John 10.10 10 says, A thief comes only to rob, to kill, and destroy. Jesus says, I came so that everyone would have life and have it in the fullest, have it abundantly. Hmm. So the revelation of God is that we find abundance and fullness in our life. Because I am the recipient of this. So I have to open my life up to, be, to receive the abundance and the fullness, the forgiveness and the love of God. But you see, I don't think I'm worthy of that. I have failed. I have sinned. I have done this. I have done that. I'm not important enough. But you see, those are just excuses to keep us from the truth. The truth is, if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. The free from those bondages and those blocks, the blockades that we establish to keep us and keep God from coming to our life in a way that would fulfill us, that we would find our greatest meaning and purpose. Those are blockades that the enemy of our soul puts in place. God doesn't put them in place. He says, I want to bless you. I want to, my word to be fulfilled in you. I want the strength of my spirit to be upon you. I want your wisdom and guidance of the, the spirit, the presence of God to walk with you each day. 
But you know what? <laughs> Sometimes we're just fearful. Fear that in loving that we may get hurt. Fear that in loving, that's a risk. I may not be loved back. Love can be a scary thing because maybe I don't have enough to keep on giving or not enough to go around. Love makes people vulnerable. They feel weak and defenseless and helpless. But you see, the love of Jesus Christ gave him the strength to set aside his divine nature and become that babe born in Bethlehem. His love gave him the strength to set this aside. His love for us gave him the strength to set this aside and become that child. That love that Jesus has is the love that he imparts to us. What about all the failures? What about, what about, what about all the diseases in that stable? What about COVID? Well, again, we need to be very cautious and we need to do make all the precautions and so on. But the idea is we don't live in fear. You know, <laughs> imagine all of the diseases in the stable <laughs> and Mary had her baby there. That could have been for, for Jesus or for Mary. But what we discover is that love, it becomes my approach to life. Love became the approach Jesus had to the people to... To his, to his life of service, to his ministry. He loved us so much he was willing to die for our sins. So within ourselves, there is an insufficiency. We can't do this on our own. We can't love enough. We can't make it happen on our own. We have to allow God, to this, this love, to come in. And it's not a one-time thing. Okay, here I am. Fill me up. <laughs> it becomes something that we seek in our daily walk, in our daily life. We, we meditate on his word and we, you know, our mind is always thinking. So why not make it a prayer? You know, anytime we're thinking ne negative, well, let's take, make it a prayer. God, this is, what I, this is what I need in my life. This is what I'm praying about. This is what I'm asking for. Be specific. Remember, prayers that are not specific really don't mean much. I pray for peace in the world. That's a good idea. <laughs> How about I pray for peace in my, in my own life? Mm. Okay, I pray for peace in my own life so that I wouldn't be upset about, and I thank you, God, that you're going to turn that situation around. Specific, what we're asking for, and what we would like God to do. Who are you? And what do you want? I'm going to put that on my answering machine. Who are you? What do you want? <laughs> and everybody go, not you, buddy. <laughs> I don't want you. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, oh, yeah, my car's warranty. Yeah, your warranty is about to expire on a car you never owned. So love then becomes a way of looking at ourselves as God looks at us. Love is a way of looking at other people as God looks at them. By loving, we, 
will value, respect, and cherish. Not only others, we will read that to ourselves. We must resolve in this new year to allow God to love us. It's not a selfish perspective. It is an eternal perspective. Because we know that in that love that we will experience God and we will experience his nature and his fulfilling and call in our life because without, with love only begins with God. Told that in our text. Forgiveness begins with God. Uh, love restores relationships. That begins with God. Love's blessings, the blessings begin with God. The plans for the new year begin with God. Wow. See, if, if it doesn't begin with God, we don't need it. You see, the relationships that we have with people, God knows what they need to be and who they need to be with. God has a perspective of our life that is eternal, that, you know, while you were yet in your mother's womb, God formed you and knew you. <laughs> he had a plan for your life. So without his love, there could be no love in us. Love drew salvation's plan. Love drew God's plan for our life. Paul's letter to Romans says, This letter is to all of you in Rome. God loves you and has chosen you to be his very own people. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. So in that place of being chosen, we're looking at, why would he choose me? Because he loves you. Why would he choose you? Because he loves you. Why would he choose that person? Because he loves them. Ephesians Paul says, but God was merciful. We were dead because of our sins. But God loved us so much that he made us alive with Christ. <laughs> made us alive with Christ. <laughs> so when we're looking at it, you know, am I overplaying this? Am I overstressing it? No. <laughs> because if we don't allow ourselves to be loved... We'll, we'll miss out on all the best that God has for us in our relationships, in our, in our doing our life, in our going out and our coming in, because we will hamper them. We will create roadblocks. We will stop God's love from affecting our lives. You know, look at the lives of the people who intersect your life. Love begins with God and moves in you to touch the lives of others. So let's look at the ministry that we have. From our families to the people we work with, to those who bag our groceries, to the teller at the bank, you know, the person we look at in uh, the screen and push the button and send the tube back up, that person. <laughs> you know, remind yourself that each one has an innate value. If we're looking at the status of people, whether they be the lowest of the low or the highest of the high, every one of them have their value, the same value in God. So we remind ourselves that each one has value. We can't put them aside because they're too good or too bad, because love will look beyond their faults, beyond their position, to see their need of Jesus Christ. John 13, 34 says, but I, but I am giving you a new commandment. 
You must love each other just as I have loved you. How can we love somebody if we don't understand that love must start with our own hearts and lives? So to fulfill God's command of loving someone, loving them, we must fulfill his command that he loves us, that I am loved by God. Remember, if God had a refrigerator, whose picture would be there? My picture would be on it. <laughs> so your picture is on it. You know, Rhonda, one of our, uh, which, who was it, said, Jennifer sent a, a, her, her daughter's picture to us. Uh, what's that? In our Christmas card. And she said, I always remembered that you put everyone's, Christmas, everyone's picture on your refrigerator. Here's my daughter's picture to put on your refrigerator. You see, she was expecting that. She was expecting that her daughter's picture would be on our refrigerator. And it is. And so in our life, it's the very same thing. We, we have an expectation that God has our picture on the refrigerator. Why? Because he loves us. And nothing can separate us from the love of God. <laughs> love slows us down long enough to talk to people. Love causes us to smile even through our masks. <laughs> our simple act of being curious is not being nosy. We're just looking for a way to connect. Finally, Psalm 139, verse 16. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God is resolved to bring his will about in our life. Our resolution is to allow him. To allow God to bring about his purpose. So the Lord is sovereign, he is mighty, he is powerful. That's Isaiah 40.10. And he said, and Jesus asks to take control of our calendar. We ask him to fill in the dates that will, and what is filled in on those days will match his purpose for our life. And our prayer is that he will keep us mindful of our role in allowing his love to touch us, to touch others. That we are his servant, we are here to do his bidding, and he alone knows what that looks like on a day-to-day -day basis. This also reduces our stress. And if he changes the dates, the day's activities, there is no need to fret. God is in charge, and I am loved by him. Amen? So what is the must resolution of the new year? I must allow God to love me. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayer that we may open our hearts and be receptive to what your will is and to what your guidance is.
So Lord, how that the love that brought you to this manger, to this, to this world, may be the same love that abides within our hearts. That we are recipients of your love. And we cannot love you without first having your love. We cannot love others without first having your love flow through us for them. So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that we give to you this day. We give to you our life. We submit our calendar for the coming year. And we ask, Lord, for your purpose to be written on each page and that we may always remember when things change. God, you have inserted those new activities. So, Lord, thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you, God, that I can receive your love into my life. I thank you for this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. So what is the resolution for the new year? <laughs> Allowing God to love us. Amen. If you didn't get that right, I was going to start all over again. <laughs> God bless you.